Good morning and welcome to worship today at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor. It's a joy to be with you all today. If you're joining us online, I want to say a special word of welcome. Thank you for joining us on our live stream today. Here at Kern Church, we're committed to creating belonging and hope by connecting you to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to other people. So my hope for you today is that you feel that sense of belonging and hope. Today is All Saints Sunday. So November 1st is All Saints Day. It's the day that, that we remember those, uh, those who have been a part of our community and have died. And so today is a special time for us to read the names and honor the memories of those saints of Kern Church who have died in the past year. And we will also have a you will also have a chance to, to come up and to, to light a candle in memory of a loved one in your own life who has died either in the past year or just somebody you want to memorialize today. And we'll give you a chance to do that later in our service. And my prayer is that as we recall the memory of those who, who used to be amongst us but now are, are residing with God, is that you, you will be blessed by their memory Maybe it will bring uh, happy memories. Maybe it will bring some sadness. And I just ask that, that, that whatever it is that, that happens in your life as we call these names and as you remember those in your own life, that you let God speak to you as we remember them and as we share together. Well, let me say a word of prayer. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for each one who is worshiping you this morning in this service. Each one that will worship you at our 11 o'clock service and our, and our kids who are, who, who are preparing for, uh, for this Christmas musical, this way of honoring you and sharing the message of, of your salvation, of your birth, I give you thanks. My prayer right now is that as your people worship you, that your spirit is blessed and that you open the hearts of each one who is here, that, that you will speak to them words of hope and renewal, that you will offer them words of peace, especially on this All Saints Sunday. We'll remember those who are no longer with us, but yet are with you. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. As I mentioned earlier, today marks All Saints Day, and I'm going to invite Cora to come forward, and she's going to help uh, Today marks All Saints Sunday, and this is a time when we remember those saints among us who are no longer with us in person, but yet these are people that we remember their memory. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the names of each member of our own fellowship at Kern Church that has died in the past year, and we, and we, we remember them. We'll light a candle in their memory and then I'll invite you, after we read these names, to come forward and light a candle in memory of someone of your own life who has died. And if, if you're, the person in your own life is one whose name we have read, you are also welcome to come, of course, and light, light a candle yourself. And I want to begin this time in, in a moment of prayer as we prepare to read the names of those who have died. We give you thanks, O oh God, for all the saints who ever worshipped you, whether in brush arbors or cathedrals, whether wood, wooden churches or crumbling cement meeting houses where your name was lifted and adored. We give you thanks, O God, for hands lifted in praise, whether they be manicured hands or hands stained with grease and soil, strong hands or those gnarled with age, holy hands 
used as wave offerings across the land. We thank You, God, for hardworking saints. Whether hard-hatted or steel-booted, head-ragged or aproned, blue-collared or three-piece suited, they left their mark on the earth for You, for us, and for our children to come. Thank You, O God, for the tremendous sacrifices made by those who have gone before us. Bless the memories of Your saints, God. May we learn how to walk wisely from their examples of faith, dedication, worship, and love. We remember Gerald Cassens. We remember Leo DeMag. We remember Pat Jingozian. We remember Bill Hicks. We remember Aaron Cattell. We remember Catherine Simmerly. We remember Paul Tidwell. We remember George Wilson. We remember Joanne Vestal. We remember Pat Cobb. I thank You, O God, for each of these saints that now have their rest in You. May we honor their memory and live as faithful followers of Your gracious Son, Jesus. I want to invite you to come forward to light a candle in memory of one whom you have loved. You know, today is a time in the year where we and many churches around the world pause to remember those who, who, who have died in the past year and have joined, joined the church triumphant, joined to be in the abode of God, the very presence of God. And, and just of course, a few moments ago, we read the names of those who, who have died from Kern Church and, and uh, those who now rest in the presence of God. And some of these people might have been at home at Kern Church for just a, a, a season in their lives, while others have been here their whole lives, and, and their lives are intertwined with your lives. Their stories are our stories. Their lives are, are intertwined in, in with ours in ways that bless and inspire. Even if they have only been here for a season, their stories are a part of our stories. As we read their names, for those of you that know them and know them, their memories likely came flooding back in ways that, that are, are joyful, in ways that are difficult, in ways that perhaps are, are funny and humorous, in ways that remind you of days where things might have seemed better. But here's the thing. Those who have died are more than just the memories that you have. Those who have died are more than just the memories. I love the example in the Christian tradition that we have from the book of Hebrews. And this Hebrews is written by a pastor who's kind of preaching a sermon. And in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, there's this, this the writer encourages, encourages the congregation to live out their Christian life and reminds them that those who have died in the Lord are now cheering them on are cheering them on for the task that's ahead. Here's what, here's what the writer uh, has, has written there. 
So then, with endurance, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. I I so love this passage from Scripture that the teacher says, run the race that's in front of you. Run the race that, that is out in front of you, the race of faith, the race of life. And remember that there's a whole bunch of people who are here cheering you on. You know, if you're a racing fan, whatever sport it is, there are, there are stands of people that are cheering, cheering people on and cheering you on. These are the ones who are not with us, but yet, yet, somehow they are still with us. This is the Christian belief and the communion of the saints that the church is made up of the faithful of the faithful who have ever been from all time and so it's not just us today but it's all those who have ever been in the Lord all those who have gained their reward and are now present with God cheering you on for the life and task that's ahead you know this message of the saints cheering us on is so powerful today because we are talking about breakthroughs in life and, and especially harvesting breakthrough in your life, and how God invites and, and how God wants and invites you to participate in, in having miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities in your life. And, and, and as we talk about this, and as we work, and as we pray for breakthroughs and for miracles, you have this whole group of people that are cheering you on. This whole communion of the saints that are, that are cheering you on in the presence of God. And if you were with us last week, you learned that the first key to, to harvesting breakthrough in your life is prayer. And we also talked about how Jesus, Jesus taught people. Jesus taught His followers to pray for miracles and expect God to make them happen. And, and in life today, that is what we are called to do too. That's what you are called to do, to, to pray for miracles and to expect God to make them happen. And, and many of you shared stories of breakthrough and miracles that have happened in your life. And many of you shared them with us last week in in our, our breakthrough prayer reports, and I was able to send those out on our, our Wednesday email. If you don't, uh, re, if you don't currently get the Wednesday email, you can scan the QR code in the Next Steps QR code in your bulletin, and you can receive that email. But uh, we we shared these 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 reports to encourage you in the stories of breakthroughs and miracles that that ordinary folks just like you and I are experiencing in their lives, and then also also uh, some of you opened your hearts and said, you know what, I, I'm struggling right now, and and I need some prayer in my life. And it's been an honor to pray with you and to pray for you through these, through these prayers that you have and these, these miracles that, that you need in your life. It's just been a blessing. And today, I'm reminded by the witness of all those who have come before you and I that, that praying for miracles and praying through breakthroughs, it's not just for us. It's not just for me. It's not just for you. In fact, God invites you to widen your prayers, to widen your prayers and to pray for your community, to pray for our community. Extending your prayers beyond your current circumstances and into the wider community is something that God really wants for God's people. And I want to tell you about a time when when God really challenged 
God's people. God really challenged God's people to pray beyond themselves, to pray not just for themselves, not just for their circumstances, but challenge them to pray beyond themselves. And what I'm going to share with you comes from the Old Testament in, in the book of Jeremiah. So if you want to follow along, we're looking at the book of, of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was this prophet. He was a prophet that, that, that spoke on behalf of God. And, and here's the thing. If you want to be encouraged, um, don't read the book of Jeremiah. There are like two encouraging parts in the whole book of Jeremiah, and the rest is really hard to get through. The, the rest is really difficult. In fact, the, the, I'm going to talk about one of the encouraging parts, but, but sometimes people like to pick and choose the encouraging parts of the book of Deuteronomy because they're really, really good and encouraging. But the rest of the book, and it's pretty long, it is really, really difficult stuff to get through because what it's talking about is the judgment and the difficult circumstances that the people of God are, are really experiencing. So the, the, the time that I'm going to share with you what has happened is that the people, God's people, who are living in the kingdom of Judah, that's the area around Jerusalem, they have been basically destroyed by enemies, by the Babylonian Empire. And they have been carried off, not just like destroyed, their homes destroyed, but they have also been evicted from their homes. And they've been carried off to live in the land of Babylon and exile. So, so they've experienced defeat, and most of those people who were defeated were carried off at different times, but carried off to the kingdom of, of Babylon to live as exiles in the foreign land. And so, so many people were struggling at this time because they thought that God had placed them in the land, and they thought that the only way that they could be close to God was if they were in Jerusalem, in the areas around where the temple was, and so now that they were leaving, they thought, well, maybe God has abandoned us. Maybe everything is wrong. And so that they are exiled in a new place. Now, Jeremiah, this prophet that talks about all this stuff, he's actually, somehow, he stayed behind. And he is still in Jerusalem in the midst of the destruction. And so what God tells Jeremiah is, God tells Jeremiah, hey, I need you to send a letter to, uh, to the people who have been exiled. I need you to send a letter to, to my children who have been exiled and let them know how they should act in this new city, how they should act in this new place. And, and when I read this letter or part of this letter, I'm really encouraged because I think that the message that God gave Jeremiah to give to these people hundreds and thousands of years ago is also a really good guide for how you and I can widen our prayers for miracles and breakthroughs in our community. So here's what Jeremiah writes to them in Jeremiah chapter 29. Here he, here he, said, here he writes this, "...the Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel, proclaims to all the exiles I have carried off from Jerusalem to Babylon." Here's what God proclaims to them. Build houses and settle down. Cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. Get married and have children and then help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that they too may have children. Increase in numbers so that you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because your future depends on its welfare. Pray to the Lord for it. Promote the city that I have, the welfare of the city that I have sent you, and pray to the Lord for it. God says through, through Jeremiah, get comfortable in this place 
that I have sent you. There were some other prophets that were saying, don't worry about it. You're going to be home pretty soon. This is going to be a short little, short little situation. Um, you're going to be home before you know it. But Jeremiah, speaking on behalf of God, is like, you know what? It's going to be a long time. And you just really need to, to settle down where you are. You really need to, to get adjusted to your circumstances. Your happiness doesn't depend on your circumstances. Your faithfulness doesn't depend on your circumstances. What I need you to do is to figure out how to be faithful, figure out how to, to establish roots in your community, figure out how to make long-term investments in your community by doing things that promote happiness and well-being, by, by building homes. By, by cultivating gardens. You know, these are long-term investments. And God doesn't want people to isolate themselves. God doesn't want these people to be isolated in their own little community. God wants them to claim this new place as their own. God wants them to claim this place as their neighborhood. And then we get to verse 7, where God tells the people through Jeremiah, promote the welfare of the city and pray for it. Promote the welfare of the city and pray for it. God wants these people to promote the welfare of the city that they're living in and to pray for it. And, and it's not like where you and I live today because this is hostile territory. This is enemy territory. This is a hostile community to them. They don't want to be there. They don't want to settle down there. But God says, you need, you need to make it better. You need to make it better, and you need to pray for your community. And, and the reason you need to do this is that your future is bound up together with the future of your neighbors with the future of your whole community. And for me, this speaks such a powerful message of, of faith today. Your faith and, and your church is not just about you. It's not just about the things that are going on in your life, the things that are going on in your family or your church. But when you or I pray for, for miracles in our church or our life, God tells us that these miracles aren't just for you. They aren't just for me. They aren't just for us. The pattern that God gives us through Jeremiah is that if we're going to pray for breakthroughs and going to pray for miracles, we are going to do so in a way that's just not about me. And it's just not about you. We aren't supposed to work and, and, and to play solely for our own benefit. Instead, you are supposed to work and promote the welfare of your community and to pray for it. You know, this past week, we, we hosted Trunk or Treat, and I saw how much you love our community. I mean, hundreds of people came out to celebrate, and, and if it was nothing else, you know, it, it, it kind of makes people feel good when people come to their home. And, and so if you're a part of this church, you know, it probably makes you feel good to know that there are a whole bunch of people here, and, 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 and they, they came through the doors. And, and, and that's good, I guess, for a morale boost for those that are here, but that's not what it's about. It's about getting to know your neighbors. It's about promoting the welfare of those that are here. It's, it's, about, it's about sharing with them. And that was one of the reasons I've been so excited about this, this, new, this new ministry partnering with Second Harvest to, to really provide food for families. And, and we have been able to do this. I mean, thanks to the work of the mission team and our staff, we're, we're partners with, with Second Harvest Food Bank. And, and we were able to share with, um, I think even this week, it's close to 130 families we've been able to bless with these, these food kits that were created. And this food, 
I mean, it's one thing, but it shows your commitment to our community that this church isn't just about being a building and worship together, but it's really about our community, finding ways to bless other people. And this is just one example of how Kern is, is working to grow its impact in ministry and to bless other people. And this is the same community that I want to invite you to pray for, that I want to invite you to pray for miracles and breakthroughs for, and one of the reasons that we're focusing so much on, on, on breakthroughs and, and, and miracles is that we as a church, as current church, we are entering into a process of intentional visioning and focus. If, if you give to Kern Church, uh, uh, I want to say thank you. You also likely received your most recent quarterly statement. Or if you haven't given a gift yet, perhaps you received the October newsletter. And, and in this, you likely heard that, that the leadership of, of our church has been considering how we can bless our community more. What we can do as a church to, to, to grow our ministry, to impact more people, and, and to provide focus. And so after a period of discernment, our, our church council unanimously agreed to invest in the future by, by hiring some coaches to help us do this. And these coaches, we're going to be talking about this over the next few weeks and months, but these coaches are from the, the Unstuck group. And the Unstuck group is, 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 has worked with about 600 churches that has helped them get unstuck. I mean, it's really an original name, I guess. To get unstuck and, and to help them grow their impact. And so what we're focusing on is how to, to gain perspective and to grow our impact, not for ourselves, but so we can bless our community in powerful ways. And our work with the Unstuck group, it, it begins in earnest very soon. But here's the deal. You know, in, in, in the corporate world and businesses, we bring in consultants and coaches a lot of times, and, and, and sometimes these efforts are, are um, people don't like, like them because you have to do things, and you have to like, people tell you things, and you're like, well, that doesn't really apply to me, and we'll just do. The whole purpose of this is, is not to just to get words on a page. The whole purpose of this, and the only way it's successful, is through prayer. It is through prayer. I believe that the key to all of this, the key to, to uh, helping more people, the key to growing our impact in ministry is, is through prayer. The key to breakthroughs and miracles is through prayer. So as our leadership takes time to, to discern focus and takes time to seek to continue to grow ministry, I'm reminded about what God told uh, the people of God through Jeremiah. That their work, it's not just about them. That their mission is to seek the welfare of the city that they've been sent to and to pray to the Lord for it. I mean, ultimately, the work we do with Unstuck and the work we do, do in, our, in our community, the work we do to, to grow our impact in ministry, it's not about me. It's not about you. I mean, in, in our process of, of, of discerning if we were going to bring in coaches or not, there were some groups that we talked to that said, we've got this formula. If you follow this formula, you're going to be successful. And, and that wasn't of much interest to us because we don't know what success looks like necessarily, but it, 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 it is about growing our impact to others. And, and when people heard that, they were like, yes, that's, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to bless, to bless others. Bless others. It's about our community. It's about more people finding connection and belonging and hope and a life renewed by Jesus. And so that brings us to prayer. 
And that brings us to a new prayer campaign that I want to invite you to participate in. We are entering a new prayer campaign, and, and I want you to know that this campaign will have multiple phases. And, and, and this campaign it invites you to pray about the future of our ministry here at Kern and to pray for breakthroughs and miracles in our community and our church. And really, if you've been with us over the past year, we've been praying for breakthroughs and miracles in our church and in our lives. And so today I want to invite you to pray these same prayers for our community, to pray for miracles and breakthroughs for our community, not with thinking that it's going to do something to our church, but just so it will bless people in your community. And so the first phase of this, of this prayer campaign is, is breakthrough prayer for our community, and we're calling this community prayer, prayer walking. That's, that's a really original title, by the way, because I'm going to be inviting you to go on prayer walks. So community prayer walking. Um, I, I'm not one good with making up names for things, but this is a, a collective effort to cover our community in prayer, seeking miracles and breakthroughs in the very community in which you and I live. You see, prayer has power. It has power to open doors, to, to heal wounds, to bring about extraordinary things. We have witnessed uh, the wonders it can work within our church. And many of you shared these breakthroughs and we shared them out in email this past week. And so it's time to extend that power across our community. And this campaign, it's not merely about walking or praying. It's about witnessing also God's hand at work in every corner of our town and communities. So here's what we're going to do. I want to invite you to start where you live and to pray. So if you live in a subdivision, walk outside. Walk outside your house. Turn right or turn left and just start walking and praying for your neighbors. I know some of you go on walks regularly, and instead of just walking and, and praying for yourself, perhaps, or whatever you do on your walk, spend this time actually praying for the houses that you pass, the, the people that you pass on, on, the, on the streets. One of the things I love about Oak Ridge is all the, the greenways that we have here, the greenbelt areas, and how you can easily walk to different places and be in community with other people. And so I just want to invite you just to start at home. And walk outside your home and turn right or turn left and, and start praying for your neighbors, for your community, maybe for the businesses that are around you. And if you live in a, a condo or an apartment complex where you're closer to your neighbors, this is even easier because you can just walk outside your door on the way to your car and pray for the doors that you pass and the, and the different areas that you, you go along in the community. Just pray for your neighbors. And then, after you pray for your neighbors and those in your immediate vicinity, I want to invite you to expand your horizons and identify other areas of town to pray for. Maybe a park or, or a school or, or an area of businesses. Or maybe you go to a restaurant, like you frequent a restaurant. You're a regular. They almost know what your order is. And, and so as you go and, and, and as you go and you order drinks and you order food and, and you spend this time and you know those that are working with you and are working to, to help serve you, why don't you just take time to pray for them? And at first, you don't have to just tell them you're praying for them. You can just quietly pray for them. But maybe you, you ask them how you can be praying for them. How, how, how your church has this new prayer campaign where they want to, want to pray for our community. And you ask your servers or, or those you're working with, how, how can I pray for you? What do you have going on in your life that, that I can pray for you about? And I want you to know that if that makes you nervous, um, they can say nothing. And it changes your relationship like none at all. Uh, so it's, it, you think it's like this big deal to ask someone, perhaps, how can I pray for you? But really, if they say you can't, then like, it doesn't really matter because 
it hasn't changed nothing. So that's just a little encouragement. Um, and then what I want to, to you to do is I want to invite you um, to invite other people to pray with you because there's power in praying with other people. Then I want to invite you to record your prayers. And so that's why I have this map here. Um, so I want to invite you. I'm supposed to get it lined up for the camera. Instead, I'm just throwing it all over the place. Um, so I'm really good at this. Uh, so what I wanted to, to do is to invite you then to record your your prayers. And so the next time you're at the church, we have a map here of, of Oak Ridge. And this is an old map, so if you live like... Um, anyways, not all places are on this map. Um, and, and, and that's because it's a little bit difficult to get maps sometimes these days because we have them on our phones. I was like, I've got this great idea, but, but my map is on my phone. It's not on paper. So we found a map, and uh, we cut it out, right? And so here's a map of, of Oak Ridge, and then here's a map of the greater, greater Oak Ridge and Knoxville area, and, and our church is marked with these, with these pens here. And what I want to invite you to do is just to take one of these map pens, and when you, when you pray, maybe you're praying in your own community, just, just find where your street is and, 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 and mark it with, with this... Uh, with one of these pens, or if you, um, or if you're shopping and you pray for the shopping area that you're you're shopping at, just mark that on this map. And and so what my hope is is that this map will then serve as a reminder of all the areas of our community that we are bathing in prayer, that are bathed in prayer, that we're praying miracles for. And this is not just a one and done thing. My hope is that you will continue to pray for your neighborhood. You'll continue to pray for your neighbors, and we continue to to do this. And this map begins to fill up. And as this map fills up with pins, maybe you, you start to see some areas of our community that, that, that haven't been prayed for, at least by us. And you say, well, I, I could go over here and, and I could spend you know, a half hour or so praying around this park that I know is, is on these streets. And so take that upon yourself to, to expand your horizons and then to come back and, and to mark it, um, to mark it with, with the, the pin. And if you want to do this today, um, you can go ahead and start marking where you're going to pray if you've got your own community that you want to mark down and, and say, you know, I, I, I pledge that I, I am going to pray. And so my hope is, is that we will, be, we will not just be praying, but then we'll be showing and being able to share with one another, this is how we're praying. And this is what we're praying for right now. I also want to share that inside your bulletin, there is a... Uh, community prayer walking guide. And so if you're, if you're like me and you leave this place, this is going to like disappear. I can't keep up with papers. My wife asked me, how can you, you know, find anything on your desk? And the answer is I can't. Um, so if it's, not, if it's not online, not on my computer, I can't find it. And, and so this is online. You can go to kernchurch.org slash pray and you can download this again. You can save it to your, to your phone. You can also scan the Next Steps QR code, and there's a quick link to get there as well. And it has some of these details about how to pray for miracles, and then on, on, or how, to, how this whole prayer campaign is going to work. And then on the back of it, there is, on the back of this guide, there are just some helpful tips to, to, to help you in prayer walking. So maybe you're like, well, I understand you're talking about prayer walking, and you're talking a lot right now. Um, but I don't even know what that means. And um, luckily, there are some really good resources out there to help you in prayer, help me in prayer. And there, on the reverse side of this prayer guide, there are some, some steps that you can do to help structure your prayers and your praying for our community in ways that I really think will bless you 
and bless those around you. So my hope is that as we continue to, to remember those from Kern Church that, are, that, are, that are, have joined the communion of the saints, that are cheering you on, that you will be encouraged to pray these prayers. That you will be encouraged to reach beyond yourself and your own, and your own church, your own family, to really pray for our community. And I hope that you'll join me in this effort because it's so, so important. And if you um, need a reminder about this, there's going to be an email going out after church if you get the newsletter. There's going to be an email going out after worship today, this afternoon, that has all these details and everything delivered right to your email. So if you don't receive the newsletter, you can sign up to do that at the Next Steps QR code as well. Well, I'm, some of this sounds a lot like a commercial, and I realize that, but um, I, I'm going to stop talking now, and I just want to pray. I want to pray for you and for our community in this new prayer effort. I'm really excited to see not only how God is continuing to pour out in your lives, but how God can continue to pour out in our community. Let's pray. God, thank you for your church. Thank you for the community in which we live. I pray right now for, for Kern Church and for each one who will be praying, praying for their community. I pray that you bless them, encourage them, and give them the, the strength that they need to go about this prayer effort. And I pray right now that breakthroughs begin to happen in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our schools, and in our parks. That as your church fans out and prays all throughout our area, that people's lives will be touched. Thank you. Thank you, God. Amen. May the Lord bless you this day in every way, and as you go forth to go and pray in our community, may you be strengthened by the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth this day in God's love. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.